ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of uh, Knights of the Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, David Ruffin, and I'm here with the Temptations. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, real quick, we're going to go around and introduce who's here for this episode. Jew. Jew. <laughs> Ian. What up? Jay. Yo. Ant. Howdy. Raleigh. Here. And I'm James. So, um... This episode is being recorded right after uh, we got some very excited news yesterday. Well, for some of us at least, some are more excited than others. Um, we we we'd be very out of touch if we didn't address what happened yesterday, and that is uh, President-elect Joe Biden uh, secured the the presidency of the United States, uh, which brings an end to the the uh, terrorist reign. Of uh, Donald J. Trump, uh, Ant's favorite president, um, he <laughs> he won uh, 273 electoral votes. Um, if many of you were watching, which a lot of you were, this was a week long uh, debacle. Um, it was a lot of hangups, a lot of uh, just everything that made this turn to like a week long soap opera. And uh, finally, it wrapped up on Saturday. Um, Jude, what you got, brother? It's nice to see people have something uh, to feel good about, you know. Uh, the collective grief on, on Wednesday was unavoidable, you know, regardless of what bubble you were in. Uh, I had a number of meetings, and just everybody was just feeling away. The first meeting I had that day, folks were crying, you know, like they were tired, you know. And a lot of these folks uh, were beating their feet and, and, and really uh, working, campaigning, and, and attempting to uh, fill the void in, in, in really creative ways. You think about um, what was happening to the, uh, the Postal Service and how uh, certain services were compromised around this election, and, and um, there were a lot of people really working hard to, to offset that. And, um, you know, I just think about what a, uh, what a year it's been, and... Uh, how many dedicated folks it's it's uh, it's 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 taken to really uh, you know uphold some normalcy and, and to restore hope. You know, and shout out to those folks. Absolutely. Um, this one election showed me a lot of stuff. Um, mainly that regardless of what people say or feel, your vote does count. Um, literally and figuratively. Um, had it not, we wouldn't have had the states held up. I feel I I, I got my own perspective and opinion on the states not being declared when they should have been, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <clears throat> I know a lot of people that did not vote. Um, it was a few people that listened to this podcast that I talked to and had to kind of coax them to, to go vote. Um, and they did. Um, unfortunately, Ohio went towards Trump's way, but regardless, um, you know, they still voted. And I just want people to understand that you know, your vote does matter. Um, and just like, you know, Jew was saying, like on a local level, um, definitely don't minimize your vote. Um, you know, Ian has alluded to it several times before in previous episodes that you know, everybody, for the most part, has, you know, change has to start on the local level first before, you know, it goes up to a much grander stage on a national level. Um, but, you know, prayerfully and luckily, we got the results that we wanted most of us wanted and um here we are um anybody else want to chime in uh 
I just want to just reiterate the local election stuff. Um, and it's not going to be just Cleveland. You go in Virginia, there's going to be a governor's race. And New Jersey next year, governor's race. Uh, there's going to be special elections for people that uh, may get appointed out of Congress or out of Senate or whatever to cabinet positions. There's going to be, you know, races and all those kind of things. But local politics, man, your local and state laws are pretty much what we, you know, deal with every day, day to day. Uh, but more importantly than even the laws, the resources, the regulations, enforcement of codes, all those kind of things, um, it's critical. And when we oftentimes, I remember we talked about a few podcasts ago how our neighborhood seemed like it was a controlled demolition of the communities we grew up in, where where growing up, some of the communities, some of the up-and-coming communities in Cleveland was way worse than anything we lived in. However, now, it's been this steady erosion of, of, of value in our communities. And, and you know, Payne's like, oh, well, you know, it just don't look as nice, so, you know, pick up some more trash. But that's also wealth. And that's an erosion of wealth. That's an erosion of capabilities. And that affects not just the homeowner who may be mom or grandma, but it also affects the family because who fills in and fills that void when mom and grandma don't have necessary resources to do it. You know, it's us. Uh, it's, it's, it's now our household money. It's all these kind of things. So, and that all starts with putting people in place in your council or putting people in place in your state legislature or voting for the governor is going to send local, local government resources back to the community that you're paying taxes to the state for anyway. Um, those are kind of the conversations we got to start having, uh, real, real conversations in, in our community. And I got, I give out a shout out to, to uh, Reverend Kyle early because I think he brought up some good issues throughout the campaign when he was meeting with brothers at various places, and he was even put like appalled and shocked at how in our community. We're not understanding even the difference between that federal government role and that state role and that local role. But we own businesses, we work, we raising children, we paying taxes, we doing everything to support all that, but don't have a basic understanding of how that's supposed to support us as well and our interests as well. And so, and so these are conversations we got to start having, not just every four years, not just when it's time to vote for president. Because again, that's that's one angle. It's like I always say, we gotta play multiple games here. We gotta play multiple chess boards, and we gotta play each board to win. That's one game. But then there's also gonna be a state game, and there's also a county and a city game, and all these kind of things that we gotta start thinking about, you know, collectively, politically, and, and then collectively economically. And we gotta have the information first and foremost to do that. Drew, glad you want to say something. Uh, I don't want to take it too far off course because I mean I think uh, between Jay and I could probably play two man basketball on this all night and that won't be good. But uh, you know what what I was thinking about earlier as as we were going around the room and just kind of talking was um, just how school schooling school system um, situation so much has really failed us as a community and it's really um, contributed to the degradation of of, uh, of services and and just our participation right. 
and uh, just understanding like what our civic duties are and so on and so forth. We look at the stats and, and what we were celebrating on Tuesday was that we had like 68, 69% uh, voter turnout in the county. Um, but as far as the city goes, we were like- It was down. It was down. It was down. And so when I think about that, why wouldn't you vote? Why wouldn't you participate in that, right? right. Uh, we know we know demographics of this city, um, but I also think back to what Jay just talked about. And so last year, I was doing some work in the neighborhood, and the neighborhood we were just talking about, you know, Buckeye Shaker. Um, so I was doing some surveying in the neighborhood because there's a new community development corporation that's coming into the neighborhood at the time. And so I'm working, I'm, I'm in Shaker, I'm in Larchmere, folks are ready to organize. They're, they're, when I email somebody, it's 40, 50 people come out to a meeting, boom. Woodland Hills, Buckeye, which was part of that service district that they're coming stretching into, folks didn't have the fundamentals. They didn't know what a council person was, didn't know what a CDC was, didn't know how it impacted them, didn't know what services were to come from it, um, for good reason. Because number one, I should say this above all, it prob if they've been in the neighborhood over the last 20 years, they probably haven't seen a community development corporation in action Actually developed the community. Yeah, they've never <laughs> seen it before. So, yeah. you know, how would they know what it looks like? But even beyond that, you know, um, it skews all the information that we're getting. You know, I mean, we're walking around doing surveys with folks and you know, people are replying just based off what they feel like is the right answer, the same way that they're voting. The same way they're going into the voting booth with a with a voter card that just says vote here. The same way they get misinformation on a regular basis. I got voter cards last week that said vote for Judge O'Donnell. Then I got another one that just had a very nominal difference to it. It said vote for the endorsed, underlined Democratic candidates, which they reiterated that Judge O'Donnell was not one of those. So, you know, I'm just thinking about how predatory and how much information and how, I mean, how many times were you texted during this during this uh, uh, this whole campaign? Mm -hmm. I mean, just thinking about how much your information is being sold, what's going on behind closed doors? I mean, this this there's a lot to just really be considered as far as like what the future of this of this country, this your, your neighborhood, your, your, your whatever it is, what that was supposed to look like. Um, I think that the last four years has really uh, um, just kind of uncovered a lot of. Uh, um, I think that it removes some scabs, you know, and I think that there are a lot of tender spots that are exposed right now, and uh, you know, just collectively, we got to figure out like what, what's, what, how do we, how do we heal from this, you know, and um, you know, when when you hit those touch points, you're gonna say ouch, you know, so we can anticipate a lot of visceral responses attached to a lot of this stuff, right? The uh, inordinate amount of like Trump flags on a on a on a SUV, right? Like one is enough, bro, but eight. You know, I know you're feeling some kind of way. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like most people around this is feeling some kind of way. And, you know, I think one of the life hacks for me was always about channeling energy. You know, anger. Anger can destroy people. But if channeled properly, you know, it can it can build up with people as well. And um, I think that that's where we're at. We're at this very, uh, we're at this kind of fork in the road as a nation. And we just got to figure out, like, what what type of a nation do we want to see? Because um, America is uh, just a, a lofty idea of a country, and we got to work to to yeah. build the foundation. And, and you see that. Yeah. Good point. Good points. Good points. Um, to try to, do you guys want to add? 
Yeah, and that's part of the reason I guess Riley could hear it in my voice that I, I'm saying I'm happy, but he's like, you sound uh, like you're disappointed. Is because I'm happy for those people in the moment, but at the same time, I didn't expect people to be that emotional or feel that great. Like it was that big of an accomplishment. And part of me felt sad because it's like, man, we, we, we just went through the playoffs and we won the championship and mission accomplished. And, and that's the part of why you heard it is that I'm saying I'm happy, but it's like, you know, mix, mix, mix feelings, I guess, you know, um, because even on this ballot alone, uh, there were several fine people who did, probably didn't get elected. Fine people. Because uh, the lack of voter education. And if they actually knew who they were voting for, I'm pretty sure, even if it was pictures by the names, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't have voted the way they voted. All right, so as y'all can hear, um, it's still a lot of, I don't want to say unrest. Unrest might be the wrong word, but it's, I guess it started, it, this, this, this election really heightened a lot of awareness in a lot of people, um, brought a lot of things to the forefront that most people either kind of pushed to the back of their minds, weren't aware of, or didn't think was that magnanimous, but here we are, so... Um, let's just hope and pray that this new um, administration is coming in can do something different than the previous administrations combined. Um, but you know, we can just wait and see. Um, but transitioning, uh, kind of from this topic, but slightly staying on topic um, in a more lighthearted manner. Um, Dave Chappelle hosted Saturday Night Live um, last night again. Y'all are listening to this. This is recorded today after everything took place. Um, Dave Chappelle hosted Saturday Night Live last night. And regardless of the skits, um, he had a very um, entertaining monologue. Uh, touched on a lot of stuff with the uh, the camp, um, the election, uh, racial tension in America, um, and just, just race as a whole. Um, that seems to kind of be his, his bread and butter for the most part with his, his comedy, um, even from his show, which he talked about in the monologue as well. Um, not many know, but Dave is from here in Ohio, and he talked about, you know, some of the racial discrepancies that he suffers from, I mean, he endures here, um, here in Ohio. And um, some might remember, some might not, but four years ago, when Trump got elected, he hosted the very first show on Saturday Night Live afterwards. And he echoed a lot of sentiments that a lot of Americans felt at the time. Um, discontent, discomfort, uh, unrest, despair, you name it. But he, he kind of did it in a semi-lighthearted way. Um, this time it was almost like retribution, if you will. Uh, he was able to get a lot of stuff off his chest. Um, I put it in the group chat. I felt like he blacked out during that, that monologue. Like he was getting a lot of shit off his chest. Um, and he, 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 he ruffled a few feathers um, Not as many as Bill Burr did A couple of weeks back But he ruffled a few feathers 
Uh, we also had a chance to listen to it before we started recording uh, for some that didn't hear it. But um, you know, Dave is one of the one of the greats right now um, doing that. But based off of what we heard and what what some of us saw and what we listened to, um, let's just give a little bit of feedback on his his performance, uh, where he stands um, on a lot of his topics, and you know what we felt about it. Start off with you. I go. I go. You go. Okay. Yeah, I go. Um. Yeah, I was. I mean, I, wa- I watched it uh, before we, you know, started taping, um, started recording. What I what I got. What I got from it was uh, progress. Um, progress in the fact that he was able to say nigga on Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live multiple times and then it, and it still aired. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and the content that he was, you know, referring to. Um, like I thought that was great. Um, just a, you know, just a step, hopefully in the right direction. Um, just dealing with all the bullshit that's going on with racism and all that stuff. Like to be able to say that and to say you know a white nigga or you know what I mean just on on that kind of platform. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, just just like I said, as a step in the right direction to get to keep things out there um but you know other than that you know it was Dave Chappelle so I you know he did what you know was to be expected but I didn't that part surprised me because I didn't think that that would even be quote unquote allowed <laughs> you know in that in that particular uh you know setting for it to be Saturday Saturday Night Live and you know for them to be like pretty much okay that you know for so for that to even make it through and no bleeps and no, you know, whatever, no, you know, or we want a commercial, we're going to edit that. Like, you know what I mean? It was allowed to be played all the way through. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I don't know what backlash came from that, you know, on, on his end, but shit, that, that, to me, that was great. Mm-hmm. So. I thought it was cool how they did the, uh, and this wasn't even him, the, the when it first came on, of uh, redoing uh, the president-elect, the vice president-elect. And they already had the same clothes they had on, and they just did that like an hour earlier. I'm like, how the hell did they figure out what they was wearing? So, um, and I thought that was funny. That was, I think that was funnier than, than Dave. And then, I mean, I thought his comedy I mean, it was it was normal Dave Chappelle to me. Like, I mean, he might have had some personal anger in there or whatever, but I didn't. I mean, he, I, I couldn't pinpoint it. You know, um, yeah, it was nothing different. Than yeah, yeah, and then uh, the uh, Uncle Ben's and Shemaya in the Allstate dude. I thought that was funny too. So. I thought the skits, the, the the couple skits that I watched that I, before I went to sleep, uh, were the the most entertaining parts for me. Mm. But it was cool. Mm-hmm. Jay, what you got? You know, Dave Chappelle is a, an American treasure. I think he. Uh, uh, I haven't. I, I I haven't heard the whole thing yet. Just the first.
know, 10 minutes or so. Uh, but what I've heard in there is, um, you know, sort of what, you know, we sort of see in this, like you, you hear on TV about political realignments and all these kind of things. And I don't think you're seeing realignments. I think what you're seeing is exactly what you were saying in the last statement. There's a lot of scabs been pulled back. And what you are also seeing is um, this sort of identity politics and uh, being juxtaposed to the reality of actually being an American. And so um, it's easy for folks to say like, well, people just solely voted for Trump because he represents, you know, whiteness or white supremacy and all this kind of stuff. I mean, that's always been there in American culture. Like that, like racism, white supremacy has always been there. But it was something a little even deeper than that for a lot of these folks. Um, um, he spoke to them, you know, uh, you know, and so, and then also as being African Americans, we're taught we 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 get spidey senses at a very early age to hear dog whistles and to hear signs of danger when a when a when a when a neighborhood. Or a situation or a place you're at is might turn against you. You're 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 trained from a very young age to spot that and move accordingly. You know, and remove yourself from the situation or be able to defend yourself in the situation. Uh, most most of white America, 99% isn't taught that, and so the sort of racist dog whistles or the the harsh talk uh, when it comes to you know the insensitivity when it came to. Um, uh, President Trump's insensitivity to race and all these kind of things and sort of what that meant this summer that didn't really hit home with many of them mm -hmm. he was still talking to them and about like their angst about you know um, again many of us all sat sat around we all went to college and all these kind of things so our options from a very from a very very young adulthood was a lot different than a lot of people mm -hmm. um, but if you if you did, if you went the blue collar route, but didn't necessarily have a trade, didn't necessarily have a thing, you you was sort of taught like, okay, you get, you work, you do all these things, you can sort of make your way, and people are feeling like that isn't necessarily the case. I would argue that has never quite been the case in America. Uh, it's just that you know, in the 20th century, with TV and all this kind of stuff, things sort of presented it as the case, and now I think social media now has been what's ripped that scab off for a lot of people. And being able to see and, and see the juxtaposition of their lives and the opportunities versus other lives and opportunities. And I think uh, Dave spoke today, even when he was talking about like, you know, it was like, you know, I'm glad the coronavirus just stopped mass shootings that was happening every week uh, or every month. And that people had become to get numb to. Mm -hmm. You know all these kind of things. So I think I think he I think he's an American treasure because I think he's speaking to some of that underbelly that people don't want to admit because it's not it's not polite uh, or it's not it's an awkward conversation to bring up. Uh, but even when you get to you know some of my friends that, that I know who are white, they're like they have family who was absolutely don't want to talk to them. It's like how are you not supporting Trump? He's speaking like this is the this is where you're from. Not the, like to them, it ain't, it ain't the whiteness, but it's like these this working class or this you know hard work, these sort of American quote unquote values and things like that. But again, um, he or she went to college and got this kind of career or started this kind of business. They're just working and operating in a very different world, and it's like, well, 
these things are important to me now, are more so important than that. And you're seeing these kind of splits. That's what you're seeing in the streets. It's not necessarily us. I mean, I think we're still moving and being strategic as we need to be. I mean, hence Georgia, uh, or hence the turnout in Philly or Erie County, PA, or whatever, Detroit. But those kind of things, I think, uh, I think he's, I think he's, I think his comedy is allowing some of those conversations, some of those thought processes to sort of start coming in. Because, I mean, that's the root of the issue in America. It's like, what does it mean? What does success and opportunity look like going forward? Mm-hmm. People don't know. And that's scaring the hell out of people. Yeah. It's all true. I mean, it's cool to hear, but this is the same stuff he's been saying yeah. pretty much the whole time. Uh, even from that first uh, big uh, stand, especially at he's always been talking about it. Now it's just people are paying attention to him more and looking to him to hear what he said. But he basically told showed everybody how he drew the parallel between the way things are going now for white America and put it to black America. And it's, it has been an issue that, is, that I've thought about for a long time that now it's a crisis of op- opioids, but he kept saying heroin because that's all it really is. It started off with that and turned to heroin and how it's a disease now and it's treatable and let's fix it. And we were lazy, this and that, and drug users to Ronald Reagan for 40, 30 years. You, got you, can, go, you can go to rehab with Medicaid now. You can go you can go to rehab and now we the pandemic you can get more money for uh sitting at home so I ain't working. But like you said, it is it's the same it's the same thing we were accused of for however long and now here it is. Everybody else is doing it and it's 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 supposed to be cool, it's supposed to be alright. It's called relief now, it's not welfare, it's relief. Right, but it's the same thing, it's always the same, same shit go our way, is looked down upon when it's the other way, it's either smart or responsible or the government looking out for the country before it was the government having to take care of black people. So what he's saying is true, I've seen, I've been watching and, and paying attention to it, but it's and other people have been talking about it, but he got on the biggest stage he could possibly get on at one time live and let everybody hear. And he said, the nigga, called it the nigga lessons, it is. Uh, they're going through some of the same shit we went through, and we had to survive the shit. And now you don't know, don't know if they can or will. But meanwhile, we still, the minority, the, I guess, this, the line, not, not, Giving a shit about it unless it's time for our vote. We special on election day or election season. But then we right back to where we was on oh, election day. Oh, Sunday. We found out we, we won it for him yesterday. And then Sunday we right back to where we was. That's until we get our buddy out of the office, but that's another story. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. On January 21st. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back where we were. Uh, Jim, what you feel, man? Truthful, 
and I'm glad that uh, comedy has been able to um, travel outside of the cancel culture because uh, we need our uh, we need some, some folks to um, hold a mirror up. And uh, so yeah, I mean comedians, unfortunately, or well, fortunately, I don't know what the fuck, but you know, current state of things, comedians are the only folks who can tell you tell like to hold truths. And uh, when I think about Dave Chappelle, um, what black man from the hood, D.C. hood, gets rich and then moves to a rural white suburb in Ohio. It's weird. Um, but it also makes me think about uh, just the value of his perspective and what it's afforded him to see. And, um, and you know, in close-knit communities like that, I'm sure that... Um, you know, there's a, a deep history there. People probably love that space a great deal, and they probably, you know, generations are probably raised there. So who knows what his experiences are like there? But I just think about that. I mean, he is at a pivotal uh, point right now where he could really speak to uh, some some truths and, and really bridge some some historic voids. Uh, imagine that, you know, as a, a, a comedian. So you know, I'm glad that he's got that platform and that um, that he's honoring it by speaking truth. All right, so um, we're going to go ahead and walk away completely from politics here, and we're going to talk about something much different, if you will, um, and that's the start, and it seemed like it just ended, the start of the uh, NBA season that's coming up next month, right? Yeah. Um, I think December 22nd or something, if I'm not mistaken, like right before Christmas. Um, NBA season literally, literally just wrapped up um, every team was basically going out of the bubble uh, one by one after, you know, before the Lakers won the championship and uh, the NBA and the Players Association agreed on a start date of December 22nd 72 games instead of the regular 82 games um, several of us here are, are you know, NBA fans um, you know, we got Major League, well we had Major League Baseball we still got the NFL going on um, with the players, they got like it's almost like a, a month off, right? It seems like if that. Well, uh, um, Cavs had a year off. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, really, just the players who you know, I mean, like the the Lakers and the Heat. There's only ones that only had a month. Yeah. Everybody else, you know, pretty much has had a off full off season or more. Yeah. Um, Except with the exception of the players that. Didn't come back for the the playoff play, right. yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so that's kind of. I mean, I don't know. I, it's it's. I guess it's gonna be good to try to return to some sort of uh, normalcy uh, with the NBA coming back in such a short period of time. Um, gives us something to watch in the first part of the year. But um, I don't know. That kind of caught me off guard that the uh, NBA was starting up so soon. Um, but like I said, it gives us something to watch going into. Um, as we finish off the winter, um, or, I mean, we haven't really had any winter yet thus far, but, um, so as the NBA gets ready to get started, it's a lot of stuff that's still up in the air, where the players will be playing at. I know, um, the U.S.-Canada border is still blocked off, last I heard, until November 21st, but they were going to, um, revisit that around that time. Chances are, with, uh, COVID levels going up. It's probably going to be blocked off again until the first part of the year, maybe longer. Um, but looks like we're about to get basketball. So, um, how's everybody? How, how you 
since you the I know you the you the basketball aficionado, how you feel about that coming back so soon and seeing all the teams play this time around? Oh shit! I mean, it's basketball, so I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in, I'm interested to see um, what what LeBron does. Um, you know, he's been from what I hear, um, you know, kind of big on not not playing yet. You know, just not getting enough rest or whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, like it's number one, it's your job. So if they say come to work, come to work. Um, number two, it's it's you know for hopefully for those guys, it's it's their passion. So you should want to play as much as possible anyway. Um, you know, so I don't know. Um, it's a it's a tough situation. I know I know a lot of I know a lot of the owners aren't happy mm-hmm. um, because you know you can't fill the arena, so it's a waste of money um, for some of for some of them. <clears throat> and you know, like you said, if, if Canada is, is closed and that that takes out a game, <laughs> you know, if the borders are closed, you can't go to go out to Canada to play. I'm assuming they're looking for uh, alternate location yeah. for the team. Now, I did hear about the Louisville one, but they shot that down because of the Breonna Taylor situation. Okay. So, the other, the other ones I did hear, too, as well. So yes. Who shot it down? The Raptors organization. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, listen. If they play, they play. If they don't, then push it back, whatever. Um, I mean, I, I hope they play. I don't, I want to see them play just because it's basketball. But, um, I mean, if, if it's similar to this election, like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, um, if they're saying this is the start date, then this is the start date. And I'm happy about that. I only got a month off where usually I got to go a whole summer without basketball. And I'm forced to watch baseball all day or and nothing else, really. You know what I mean? So, I'm cool. Like, to have basketball... And football playing at the same time, like that's gonna be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the, here we are with another, you know, something that we've never seen ever. <laughs> oh no, no, we usually see them both yeah. every year. It's just a little different, a little later. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, for it to be in the heart of the football season, and then the basketball just started, so you get that, you know. Okay, I can't wait to see such and such back on the court again during the middle of football. Like that feeling is is different. Playoffs gonna be expanded too for the first time this year for the NFL. So the season's gonna be actually longer. I think it's gonna go I think it's after all star break. I think or right, I think the, the Super Bowl might be just a week before now, all star break. Mm. If they if they keep all star break the same. Um, because it's an extra week of the playoffs now. Hmm. That's different. Yeah, that's it's, it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Now, one question I got about the NBA season cutting off 10 games is that you got guys, I think LeBron is, what, 35, 34, 35 years old? 
35. 35. 36. 36. Okay. December. So LeBron, I mean, with the exception of his last year in Cleveland, he's taken off games for what they call it, load management or whatever. So you didn't, you got. Now, granted, he just finished off this season and won a title. God bless him. But now you got a 72 game season. Um, and then now you got, you know, how, do, how does that work now? How does that work? Do you do you still allow players? I mean, with the exception of the Heat and the Lakers, do you allow players to still have like you know workload management? Well, I mean, I don't I don't think that's something that that the NBA can regulate really without a a big you know a lot of backlash. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't you can't necessarily force somebody to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might be able to find them find them. For not playing, but maybe I don't know. But I have a different. I don't agree with the load management anyway. So, mm-hmm. like, dude, you got you got you got a game today. Mm-hmm. Are you playing or not? You know, like they've they've modified the schedule so you're not doing these triple headers like before. Mm-hmm. So you know. What do you, what do you load management? What do you what is what for? Like you have I mean and, and and a lot of that to me I feel like you know that's a different situation and I'll just say this this really quick on it and then then be done with it. Um, you know that we always talk about all back in the day compared to now. Mm-hmm. Well, the technology is different. You got cryotherapy. You got all this stuff that you can. You know what I mean help help you recover. All this, all these recovery, uh, you know, components now that weren't a, weren't available back then. So, you know, you have all this technology to help you recover quick quicker than before, and you still need more time. Like that, you know, what I mean, that to me, that's like, <laughs> what's what's really going on, man? Like, are you playing or not? Okay. Like, we have we have a way to get you healthy enough to play, you know, uh, without having to give you a cortisone shot. <laughs> You know, you should you should be fine. So I don't I don't know. Anybody else want to chime in on the um, season starting? They play, they play. <laughs> I'm gonna say that till they start playing. I was against it before. As soon as we came back, I was all in. So for right now, if they play, they play, and I'd be all in as soon as they do. I'm not gonna get my hopes up and wait and wait and see the shit. When y'all say we we playing, I'll be watching. Big questions. Are they gonna do a bubble again, or is they gonna be? Are they gonna try to do it like the NFL? NFL. Yeah, that's what. That's my thought, Jay. Well, that's my oh, first job. Oh, like, but you know, the shit is over. Now. The election's over. Yeah, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm really. The I'm really, over. Well, not even the Corona doc. The 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 the. the, the uh, what did you call it? The the the, the racial injustice. I think. As far as the NBA players are signed, everything is great. I mean, like, they shut down. They were the, the, the league that initiated the shutdown of professional sports. And as of today, the, the, the cases in the pandemic is at a, what they call, the doctors call it, ex, at an exponential growth. And, and 
they are saying they're going back to work first. Like, I, I mean, I'm not, this is not meant to be a political thing. I know uh, if you're on one side, you've been saying uh, 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 hoax or scam, and I don't believe that. But hey, you gotta start looking at the media and looking at all this and like, why is it all right to start when things are at a peak and you shut down like that when it's was just jumping off? Like I, I don't, I'm just confused. It must be a money thing. Um, I mean, ain't no must be. It is. <laughs> yeah, it must be a money thing. Um, it, they must have weighed the options of having the empty uh, arenas person trying to start later on the chance that they may be able to fill them out and they already spent so many millions of dollars to build that bubble and like we're not on it no more we need to get our money back or y'all need to come back or it might not be an NBA no more and y'all won't get nothing like you either get a piece of this pie or you get no no pie at all you know so um, and as far as them actually playing you know the beginning of the season when football is going on, it's not really that important to me because, you know, you got 70, 80 games. By the time football over, then I start watching, and then the playoffs, I'm watching every game. So um, as far as that aspect, you know, it, it, it's no big deal. But, yeah, it's kind of crazy to me that they are playing short, in a shorter, condensed offseason during the pandemic. Like, I just don't add up. That's all I gotta say. I didn't even, I didn't even, like, <laughs> think about that at all when I was answering the question, but now that you said that. Well, I'm yes. sure they, they're probably weighing, like, I mean, they did have some bragging rights. Thinking about when the when the season concluded, it was definitely patting themselves on the back, like, no cases. We didn't have any cases. This is how we do it. Now y'all about to have some cases. Yeah, like, it's well, about to be. I mean, but they also looked at how baseball did, and baseball was able to finish up, and they they still had a very very few compared to I mean again how many people when they were traveling around. So I mean it's possible. It's just going to be a matter of look. I think I think uh, yeah, but base baseball football like that's that's outside, and, and according to yeah, what they say, COVID can't spread that much outside. Yeah. So and <sighs> it's the the. Exponent, like exponential, mean is you're so much more likely to get it. And we're at the peak. We're at, it's, it's excelling, and we are probably twenty times of where it was when they quit. Like I, I don't, I just don't. I mean, I'm just confused. I don't, I don't, I don't have a conspiracy. I don't know the answer or why, what, but I'm just, conf I don't know what the hell is going on. With NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I would. It's uh, it's the same interesting man. I'm I'm seventy two games. Real, it's a real quick turnaround. Uh, and again, but think about it, people like TV. TV contracts, you know, uh, ESPN and all these people that's paying billions of dollars. They need something to to fill up. And I mean, just look at like network TV. Like it's just been the last few weeks that shows actually been coming on. I mean, just think about how much filler we've been watching for most of the year. Yeah. And you know, movies galore. Yeah. And you know, old movies and blah blah blah. Again, uh, Law and Order SVU come back Thursday. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I'm waiting right? on buildings. Yeah, I'm I mean, I respect it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to get. I'm trying to get. Uh, what's my What's my man name? Uh, 
on Billions. I'm uh, hip to it. I just I ain't hip oh, to the character. Oh man, yeah, you gotta watch Billions. Uh, Bobby Axelrod. I'm trying to get my Bobby Axelrod back on. Man. That's probably one of the other shows so, that your wife made you watch. Yeah, like that one. No, 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 she don't watch. She don't watch Billions. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the hell y'all talking about. Billions, Billions, no. <laughs> but uh, remember in April when all uh, uh, production and filming had to quit? Like, in, they right? back, baby. But but, <laughs> but when they the thing about it was like when they came back nobody knew, like you didn't hear nothing you didn't hear nothing about production oh, resuming. Yeah, yeah, it was just like season such and such coming next month. Like hey. when did y'all start? But hey man, yeah. Yeah, man I, if they bring it back, fuck it. I want to see Snowfall. Where's my Snowfall? Yeah, I know. I want to see Snowfall. I mean, I'm I'm waiting, man. Waiting. P Valley the whole nine. Yeah. Hey P Valley, man. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. Hey man, yeah. that show it's it's a lot of levels. Man, man. listen, that's no love. I, I take that back. I don't want. I want everybody to continue following the science. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's gonna bring this episode to a conclusion. Um, want to thank all y'all for listening, joining in, uh, subscribing, following, liking. Um, as always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. Find us on iHeartRadio. A few other uh, digital service providers coming soon. Few other platforms coming soon. Um, thank y'all for sticking with us during the since August. Um, hopefully, we've been able to entertain y'all and keep y'all uh, informed and kept a couple laughs brewing wherever you're listening to us at. Um, so again, thank you for getting the message out. If you've been sharing, uh, as always, we want to thank the sponsor, uh, Start Cleveland. Um, follow Start Cleveland on Instagram. You can find all your your alkaline water, CBD based water, CBD oils, inflammation pills. Um, he does ship nationwide. Um, shoot your plug. Shit, you just did it. Okay, you can um, But I will say this: uh, we we might have a member suspended if he uh, breaks the uh, breaks the rules again. You talking about a member of this of this of this cast? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. This is the second week in a row. Jay came. He the second time that he's been back on the pod, and he come in here with this bullshit water contraband. Um, you know, so yeah. some consequences and repercussions is gonna have to happen. Y'all might have screw up. My apologies. Let me move my furniture. My <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So follow. Uh, you know, start Cleveland on Instagram. Um, you know, make sure you get all your alkaline waters, your CBD. Um, you know, base products, your inflammation pills. Um, with the New Year right around the corner, it's gonna be a lot of New Year's resolutions. Everybody's gonna to want to eat healthy and do right, so make sure that you follow uh, Start Cleveland on Instagram. Uh, get all of your New Year's resolution items lined up right now. Um, chances are they'll probably be running slim since everybody's you know indoors for the most part. Um, also, too, uh, Cleveland over everything. Uh, we got a lot of Cleveland listeners, obviously in Cleveland, um, as well as around the country. So if you're looking for, you know, all your Cleveland-based hoodies, hats, t-shirts, um, trinkets, you name it, um, tell the people, masks, <laughs> tell the people where they can hit you up with and uh, find um, Yeah, um, catch me on the internet, Cleveland over everything, uh, Instagram, all your socials. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, it's pop-up season, so you know, we'll be out here producing some stuff, got a couple pop-ups this season. Alright, so let's do that. Alright, and then also too the uh show producer, uh Curtis. Um, follow him at Diamond Music Group on uh, Instagram. 
um, always looking for talent. You're looking for a producer. Um, you name it. You know, hit him up for all your music needs, uh, business inquiries, things of that nature. So follow him also as well on Instagram. Um, so again, thank you all for listening, following, subscribing, liking, listening, sharing, commenting. Also, email the podcast with um, ideas that you might want to hear. Uh, we are working on and planning on an episode that a lot of you have been asking about. So stay tuned for that. That'll probably be coming in the next couple of weeks. We've been postponing it, putting it off, but we hear y'all. Matter of fact, we hear each other. Um, so that'll be coming sooner than you think. Um, but in the meantime, thank y'all for listening, and we will talk to y'all soon.